come with me. We're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon Beanie, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I am Matt. And I'm Kimbra. And we are really, really bored. We're bored. Yes, not like a log, but we're bored because it's like the 35th day of quarantine or that might not even be an exaggeration. It's four weeks. Four. It's four weeks. I think we're at four weeks. Four, yeah. Four times seven is 28. That's not that far off. Yeah. Feels like it, too. That's the thing. The other thing is it's going by really fast, but it's also not i don't i don't know if that makes sense no i i agree with that i'd say there's so many things that i'm like well i'm home i've got stuff to do i can learn how to do this i can do this i can do this but at the same time like my days are gone before i know it yeah they go by really quickly and and i always thought man if i had you know more time at home to work on stuff but it's not really how it's it's worked out. Like my day and night cycles all messed up and my day of the week cycles all messed up. And I know I'm not alone in that because I see a lot of people posting about what day of the week is it and stuff. So even though I'm still technically working, I'm trying to put in work Monday through Friday and I'm doing six to seven hours a day. Uh, it's still just it's just weird. It's weird. Yeah. But but Matt, we're finding stuff to do, right? We are. I, and I think, really, if, if we could just go out and do stuff like we normally do, then this would be great. I like working from home. I like that aspect of it. But, but yeah, we can't do that. So we have to find other things to do that are safe, that are either at home or in a way that is, is okay with social distancing. So what have we been doing? Um, so I know we've talked about it before, but we go outside to our, our little backyard area and there's a little pond at our apartment with a bunch of soft shell turtles. So we hang out with them and we've been, we feed them. Um, we've named them. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've named certain ones that we've come to identify through physical characteristics and properties. It's, it's, it's like our outdoor time, like, like we're imprisoned and that's like outside. Time yeah. Kind <laughs> of, out. you know, it's, it's, it's weird. Uh, kind of surreal. I know I'm saying this and everybody out there is relating to it because you're all going through the same thing that we are. If if And I feel bad for people who live in a situation where they can't even get that. Like we're, we're lucky that we can at least go outside. We don't really have a yard because we live in an apartment, but we have like a pond behind us, kind of a small lake really. And then across of a street, there's another couple of small lakes that we can get out and walk around and you know, we don't have to get anywhere close to anybody else. So we see birds. We see the turtles, like you mentioned. And that Reno helps. really likes that one. Yeah, the dog is loving it. So if you if you have an opportunity to do that, that that is like often the highlight of the day for us. What else have we been doing, though? Um, so the thing that we've picked up over the last couple of days is scuba diving. Yeah, we've been scuba diving. Yeah. Which, which makes the time just fly by. But it, yeah, it's it's actually virtual <laughs> so i have a game i guess we have a game i'll share it with you it's on the wii it's it is on the wii it's called endless ocean blue world and it's basically like scuba diver diving yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not a new game no no no. it's been out I a mean, while it's for the wii so obviously and they haven't made any any new ones there's like i think three total in the series but the the last one was the best one in my opinion and that is, uh, what's it called? Blue In World. Blue Endless World, Ocean, yeah. Blue World. So if you have a Wii or what, we're actually playing it on a, a newer Nintendo system. Well, it's on the Wii U. So okay. yeah, with, with Wii U, you can you can play old games. And and the cool thing is that you got to give it a little bit of, of uh, understanding that it's, it's, it is a Wii game. So the graphics are, it's it looks really good for a game on, on Wii. Um, and it's it's a little bit older, but the graphics are still reasonable, I think. So um, you take on the role of a, of a scuba diver, and the cool thing is you're going to different locations around the world, including 
the Arctic, Antarctica, the Amazon River. Uh, you're in the you're in, you're not in the Caribbean, unfortunately, but you're in the the Pacific, and um, in the Mediterranean. So there's there's a lot of different locations, and you get to discover new species of fish and by new i mean just new in the game like they're they're modeled after real fish there's real fish facts about them there's it's a lot of really fun if you like exploring type games that this one's a great one that deals with scuba diving you can befriend all these dolphins and things and train them it's it's really a really cool game i really wish they would make a newer version of it and uh yeah it's it's helped a little bit yeah, it's definitely given us something to do. And of course, it makes me want to uh, go diving even more since I've, you know, just gotten certified and been shut off from the world. That is maybe the worst part of this quarantine is I finally have a dive buddy and now we can't go diving. <laughs> but like, we will. We will. We will get back. Yes. So um, we've said before that we're not going to focus this podcast on coronavirus news and, and we're going to hold to that for the foreseeable future because we know there's a lot of news out there that you have access to and I would urge you to go to reliable sources and for cruising specific stuff I would look to cruise radio um, is is my go-to for that but um, maybe maybe cruise critic a little bit but anyway we're gonna we're gonna steer clear of that a little bit we thought we'd have a little bit of fun so what we did is Kimber and I each created our own cruise ships that sail for the fantastic studios cruise line and what we what we've done is is we've come up with a list of things that we had to fill in about our cruise line now uh, the reason i'm telling you this much detail is because what i would love to have happen is i would love for you guys to take some time and fill out these details as well maybe we'll make like a a sheet that you can reference or something um online on maybe on like on facebook or something like that so you can create your own cruise ship. Now, the other thing is these ships, the way, the way we did it is we're not listing everything on the ship. So for example, we have a, an average menu. So this would be like a main dining room menu. This doesn't mean it's the only thing you get to eat on the ship. It doesn't even mean it's the only thing that's on the menu on one evening. It's just an example of maybe the highlights of a menu for one night. So these are the things that we did. Uh, I'll tell you all the categories and then we'll go through and talk about our ships. And then I'll also, we want you guys to let us know which cruise ship you would rather sail on. And don't worry, you won't hurt my feelings when you say Kimbra's. So here Aww. we go. Here we go. We've got food. We've got an average menu, which has two appetizers, four entrees, two desserts. We've got extra food options, two restaurants that are pay and one that is free. And then we have one other creative idea that we were able to put in any kind of food option that's creative. It could be pay, could be free. We didn't even, I didn't even say on mine. I didn't either. We haven't compared our ships yet. So we don't know what, we don't know what kind of ship the other person came up with. But anyway, uh, the next thing is entertainment. And so we've broken this into big shows. And so two big shows that stand out on your ship and big shows would be anything that takes place in front of like an audience on a stage. Think of it that way. So it could be musical numbers. It could be comedy, anything like that. It doesn't even have to be something that even exists now. Then we've got two small things. And these would th be things that you would attend that maybe part of the entertainment staff would kind of uh, MC or host, but it's not a huge theater production. So think things like trivia, bingo, stuff like that. So, you know, kind of moderate sized or small size. It's really up to you. And then one other thing that we just wanted to throw in there, something maybe really just unique or unusual if you have an idea for that. Then we've got three amenities. And this is a pretty wide range of things that it could be. We're talking, look, it's a cruise ship. It's going to have your basic amenities like swimming pools, you can just kind of assume it's going to have, you know, maybe a water slide or something like that. Just, you know, that kind of, we're looking for unique things. We're looking for things that make your ship stand out, you know, roller coasters and um, sky rides and rock climbing walls and ice skating rinks, this kind of thing. What does your ship have that really makes it stand out? Three things for that. And then port stops. So your, maybe your maiden voyage, your main cruise, 
what are the four places it's going to visit? Um, of course, it could sail other places in the future, but this four places that you want your cruise to go that you think is going to make for a really good cruise. And then we've got maybe two different bars that we're going to highlight and four drinks from each one of those bars. So we've got a little two little drink menus and they could be whatever you want to be. They could be classic drinks. They could be your own invention, but if they are your own invention, you can't just give us a weird name and expect us to guess what's in it. You got to tell us at least describe the drink for us. So we know kind of what to expect when we're looking at that cocktail. And then finally we have one other unique thing that is unique to your ship. That maybe is the thing that's going to separate it from all other cruise ships out there. So that is our list of stuff. All right, Matt. So I'm excited to hear about your ship. How do you want to do this? Here's what I thought we would do. Let's just go through topic by topic and we'll describe, we'll kind of take turns just discussing what our ships are like. So let's start. Well, so, so here's one thing I have to say is my unique thing kind of needs to be said first because it has something to do with everything else. Okay, that's cool. You can you can uh, you can lay that out there first. Um, well, let, let me ask you this: Can we give the name and size of the ship? Oh, absolutely. Say, yeah, we just, also have the name and size of the ship on there. Yeah, we can start with that. So, um, my ship is called the Fantastic Iguana. Okay. <laughs> what I'm not in love with that name, but that that's what I've got. I wanted it to be a creature name, and I thought all the ships would be like fantastic. But I mean, that's just my. My well, concept of it. Well, Yours my my me. ship is called the Fantastic Reef. Oh, there we go. Okay, so we were kind of on the same page there. I like your name better. I'm oh, not going to lie. Um, and then ship size, we said small, medium, or large. Medium being kind of the Vista class size ship. Um, large, obviously, being like an Oasis class or Mardi Gras. And then small would be anything smaller than that. It could be a fantasy class ship. It could be, um, you know, anything below that so it's it's a little bit subjective but the general idea so what size is your ship i did a medium ship i did too well wonderful yeah i'm thinking like a like a carnival vista horizon size that is the size that i kind of like not too big not too small i am partial to smaller ships but i thought medium just makes for a little bit more comfortable experience what what was your thought process on that um yeah kind of the same i've i've only been on what i would consider like small ships Um, but I feel like with what I wanted, um, my unique thing to be a medium ship would be a better fit for that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I almost went with a really small ship so I could get to like ports that most ships can't get to, but I decided not to do that. Maybe we'll have another ship in the line that does that. We'll see. All right. Well, so right now, right now we have the same size ship and I like your name better. So I'm not making a good argument for my (laughs) ship yet, but, um, Tell us then what is your unique thing about your uh, your cruise ship? So my unique unique thing is the theme of the ship. Ah, okay. So um, each area of the ship is kind of like a different kind of area of the world-ish. So like undersea, jungle, Arctic, that sort of thing. So you're thinking more like biome or ecosystem. Yeah. Not like uh, this this is like Central America. No, no, no. And this is Asia. Yeah, like like okay. more I like natural. It. No, I like it. I like that a lot. All right. Well, um, all right. Well, I I guess I'll reveal mine too. Then I was going to save it for last, but I'm since sorry. you did yours, no, that's all right. That's all right. Mine is not all that different. Well, it is kind of. It doesn't maybe reflect through the whole theming of the ship. I actually didn't even think about that. I didn't think about the whole theming of the ship. I should have because that's one of the things I love about certain ships. But uh, my ship is going to have an a- aquarium and vivarium, so different little uh, habitats set up with creatures from the ports that that cruise ship normally goes to. So maybe it would have some spiny-tailed iguanas and some of the different coral reef fish that you would see in, um, in the port stops that it's going to. I'm not revealing what the port stops are yet, but, you know. Anyway, it's called the iguana, so there you go. All right, so let's let's get into food. Okay. So we're we're at the main dining room. You know, it's it's the the, the menu comes up. Uh, the first thing you have to choose is an appetizer. What do the people have to choose from on on Kimbra's fantastic reef? So on the fantastic reef, you can get either the stuffed mushrooms or the French onion soup from Royal Caribbean. 
<laughs> you're going to steal their soup? I am. I mean, I you really could just like say the, the French onion soup, which is a really good French onion soup. Okay. It's the French onion soup, which may or may not be wait taken minute, wait, from another wait ship. A minute, wait a minute. How many times have you had French onion soup? Two or three. And and were they all from the same place? Yes. So you really don't even know what French onion soup is like outside of Royal Caribbean's. That's true. Okay. Royal Caribbean's is good, but um, it's it doesn't stand out that much from other good French onion soup experiences I've had. So okay. Then it's just French onion just soup, a, but it's the best French onion soup you've ever had. <laughs> okay. Well, if you want to sail on the iguana, then your choices for appetizer, your main choices for appetizer are going to be garlic cheese bread Ooh. and jalapeno poppers with cheddar cheese. Now, this cream cheese garbage with cheddar cheese on the inside. And now keep in mind, people, if you're like trying to decide between ships and you're like, well, I don't like anything on the entrees or the whatever. Of course, our ships are going to have some generic, you know, appetizers and entrees, too. These are the things that pop. These are the things that make our ship that, that we specialize in. Okay, so, all right, so uh, now moving on to the entrees. We have four different entrees. What uh, what are they going to get on your ship? Um, so they're going to get either a flat iron steak, the braised beef brisket, prime rib, or truffle risotto. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, I'm not a fan of the truffled risotto, but the other things I could definitely get. Well, definitely. so I've not had truffle risotto on a ship but uh when i went to universal one time i went to the toothsome chocolate factory and i got a truffle risotto and it was phenomenal so if it can be one like that then i'm all about it i mean it's your ship it can be whatever you want oh i know you'd be like look we're gonna put all of our effort into the risotto (laughs) i mean the other (laughs) stuff's gonna be good too all right, well, if you want to come eat in my main dining room, then the things we're going to recommend to you are going to be vindaloo, which is a spicy Indian dish. And you can get this with lamb or vegetables in, in this case. So if you are a vegetarian, you're, you're good. Uh, chili relleno, another spicy dish. Okay, so my main dining room has always has two spicy dishes and then two non-spicy dishes. So that every night there's going to be something hot and spicy. So these are the ones for this night. And then your other options are a little bit more standard fare, uh, ribeye steak and baby back ribs. That's your, that's your choices there. I like your menu. Yeah. I mean, my menu is pretty good too, but it's, it's pretty beefy. It's very beefy. I mean, mine's kind of meaty. It's yeah, (laughs) I guess not. I mean, I've got chili relleno. You've got a pretty good mix and and the, you could get the vegetarian vindaloo. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right. And then for dessert, we have two options for dessert. What are the people going to get to choose from on the, the fantastic reef? So I'm going to I'm going to throw this out there first. I didn't get crazy creative with my desserts. OK, you just deserted that. I yeah. So I have sweet. <laughs> I have strawberry cheesecake and the chocolate melting cake. So to be fair, I know that I took the chocolate melting cake from Carnival, <laughs> but I tried to think of something that would be better or that I would prefer to have, and I couldn't. So okay, that's that's fine. I mean, you know, look, I, my first thing is also stolen from, I believe, Norwegian. I think that's where I had this, and that's the Irish cream creme brulee, which is like creme brulee plus Irish cream, which is like, which is like adding bacon to pizza or something. I don't know. It's 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 just like yeah, it's really good. And then the other thing I added is uh, a chocolate fondue. Ooh. Yeah, it would have like fruits and stuff, to pound cake to dip in there. Yeah, a little chocolate fondue action there. So those are your entree options. Those are your main dining room options. As those are the, that's the, the sort of fare that you're going to find on the iguana and the reef. Okay, those are, that's what you're going to find there. Now, extra food. All right. I have two pay restaurants and I'll give you mine first. Okay. Uh, the first one is a, a fondue restaurant, which I forgot to name. I tried to come up with this, but I missed, <laughs> missed that one. So just just like a like the melting pot, if you've been to a melting pot. So this is a full service fondue restaurant, all the entrees and, um, you know, it's pay. So it's going to be on the pricier side, but it's it's doing all the all the stuff. And then the other one is going to be a restaurant called the Cajun Cruiser. 
And this is all Cajun foods, specializing in blackened stuff and things like that. You know, we've got sausage and fish and chicken, um, all, all the good all the good Cajun fare. So what, what are your pay restaurants? So I have an Italian restaurant. I, again, did not come up with a name for it, but it's Italian, so good. Okay. Um, and then I wanted to come up with a steakhouse that wasn't just the steakhouse, so I took my favorite one. And Texas Roadhouse is going to be on the Fantastic <laughs> Reef. You got a deal with Texas Roadhouse. I sure go, did. Texas Roadhouse okay. is going to be on my ship. All right. All right. That's fair. So so you can eat Texas Roadhouse um, if you go on to the Fantastic Reef. Now, my free restaurants, I tried to get a little bit more creative. I've got names for both of these. One of them, going with my spicy theme, is called Scoville's. And at Scoville's, you can find various spicy foods from around the world. So the menu is going to be sort of eclectic. It's going to have stuff from all the different places in the world, you know, Thai cuisine, Indian cuisine, Mexican cuisine, all the best places where you can find hot and spicy stuff. Uh, even maybe buffalo chicken wings, all the good stuff. And this is a um, this is a free restaurant. So um Actually, this is my other restaurant. I, got, I kind of messed this up. This is my other restaurant. This is my creative restaurant. So maybe it's not free. I don't know what, what it would have to be. Maybe this would have to be like an a la carte or, a, or something like that restaurant. My free restaurant, since I messed that up, is called Bon Beanie Burgers. And this is a place where you can get a quality hamburger, make your own, put your own toppings on there, and also hot dogs. So you can get a Chicago-style hot dog as well or a chili dog, something like that. So those that's my free and my other unique restaurant or food option, I should say. So that's what you can find on the iguana. Okay, so I have for my free restaurant, um, I put blue iguana specifically because I was thinking about breakfast burritos. I didn't think more in depth on that. Obviously, I don't want exactly the blue iguana, but I want those breakfast burritos. So whatever that turns into that's what i want um that's your that's your free place my that's my free place something they're just serving breakfast burritos all day long or yeah what? okay all yeah right. breakfast burritos for lunch breakfast burritos for dinner I, yeah. I think a lot of people would get behind that yeah so so kind of like blue iguana but a little different okay that's fair and then my my other is um fried everything oh so Chicken tenders, fries, fried cookie dough, fried... Call it the heart attack Mac hunt? and cheese. Yeah, I mean, I didn't come up with a name. I put fried everything. Fried everything. So just I mean, that's, fried, that's a good fried stuff. Fried. Getting fried. All right. All right. That's uh, that's some tough competition there. I don't know if I, if you're a spicy fan, maybe you'll go for Scoville's. But um, and Bonnie Beanie Burgers is going gonna, is gonna to put... It's going to put uh, all the other burger places on the seas to shame. That's my, <laughs> that's my claim there. Okay, let's move away from food and let's go to entertainment for the big entertainment. Give me just one of your big type of entertainment venues or shows that you're going to have on the reef. So I'm going to have a Broadway show on there and it's my favorite one. Wicked is going to be on the reef. Oh, Wicked. Okay. Pulling out the big guns. Yeah. You're getting sponsorship from Texas Roadhouse. You got... Broadway shows. That's right. All right. Okay. That's fair. Uh, my first one I put down is a magic comedy show. Wanted to combine my two favorite types of, uh, two of my favorite types of shows together. And sometimes you'll see these magic comedy. Most magic shows are comedy shows, but this one is a magic comedy show. So that's my first one. And uh, what is your second big production? So my second one, I again tried to come up with something creative, but the one thing that I like doing on the ships is going to the love and marriage show. So I kept it on there. Very cool. Yeah. I, I struggled with this one a little bit. I ended up going and this is going to surprise some people out there. Um, but I ended up going, th and look, this is going to surprise people that, that are not listening to what I'm saying. Cause there's a misunderstanding of my opinion of shows on cruise ships. My second one is musical theater. And the reason I said I didn't name a specific show, it could it could be Wicked. I don't know. I didn't say Broadway productions, though. but uh, musical theater in that it could be um, it's it's going to be an actual play, but it's going to have 
you know, music in it. So uh, it's, it's not just song and dance, in other words. There's a story. There's a plot, a point. Okay. Because, look, to me, the, the song and dance shows that I see on, like, the normal ships I've been on, like carnival ships, it's kind of like, it's kind of like porn, you know? There's no real plot there. It, they're just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm, anyway. Moving on. Yeah, please. Next up, we have our small entertainment. So this is going to be more things like trivia, bingo, things that are hosted by one of the entertainment staff, but that aren't like a big show kind of a situation. So what what is one of your small productions? Harry Potter trivia. How surprised I am. Are you? That it's Harry Potter trivia. But like really good <laughs> Harry Potter trivia done by somebody that actually knows Harry Potter. Because I hate doing Harry Potter trivia when the host cannot even pronounce Hermione's name. Yeah, no, I've seen Harry Potter trivia done by somebody who wrote like a booklet of questions herself. And she was like a Harry Potter person. So yeah. you, you would have liked that quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, I, di- I didn't want to just, you know, go with trivia that I like. So I did Port and Cruise Creature trivia as something you can get on the <laughs> Fantastic Iguana. I'm pretty sure that's something you like, Matt. <laughs> but look, here's the thing. Even if you don't win, okay, even if you don't win, you still learn stuff. And yeah. it's stuff that could be important to you and relevant to you because it has to do with the ports that you're going to be visiting or that you have visited on this particular cruise. You can still learn stuff on Harry Potter trivia. You can, but you may not care. Well, of course, if you're playing Harry Potter trivia, then you probably would care if you learn something. But... I'm, okay. just, I'm just saying. Okay. What do you have next? All right. And uh, so the next thing I have is going to be an improv show with audience participation. Oh. Yeah. Think Renaissance Fair style thing going on here. So it's going to be, uh, it's still going to be small. It's going to mostly include the audience though. So it's not going to be an improv act where you have like four people up on a stage doing improv. It's going to be very interactive and um, there's going to be a lot of audience participation and volunteers going to be uh, acting, improv, improvising, as they say. Okay, that's fun. Yeah. So I have a towel animal tutorial. So I like going to like the towel animal folding things, but it's always the exact same thing. Like here's how you fold the stingray. Here's how you fold the elephant. So this one's going to be better than that. I don't know how, but it's going to be better. (laughs) It's going to be better. Somehow it's going to be better. Yeah. Well, because it's always like, you know, you're in the main theater and sometimes you you're up close where they're on the stage, but you can't actually see what they're doing because they're on a table up there. And like, this is going to be where you can actually see what they're doing and you can actually do it properly. Okay. All right. Uh, And then what about for your other thing? Like, do you, did you come up with some unique type of entertainment? I did sort of, I struggled with this one. Um, but there was a, one of the cruises I went on, I watched the ice carving thing, which was really cool. And it was just kind of a thing that was happening. It wasn't anything that like a big crowd of people were around. It just was a thing. So I did ice carving because I thought it was really cool. And then if they like turned that into something where everybody got their own like tiny block of ice and attempted to do something, that'd be cool too. Okay. Ice carving. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. So my other thing is going to be a lecture series that you can attend while on the cruise that has to do with the culture and or creatures that you could encounter the ecosystems I should say that you could encounter at the port stops that your particular cruise is going to be visiting so this could help you if you want to go to the uh, trivia see how that works there Mm -hmm. but basically you can learn about the ports you're going to okay Now we've got, next we've got amenities, which is going to be, um, again, you know, every cruise ship is going to have a swimming pool or two and hot tubs and whatnot, but these are things that kind of stand out on your cruise ship. So the first thing I have is just something that I really enjoy anywhere, but especially on a cruise, and that's going to be tabletop shuffleboard. I love me some tabletop shuffleboard. Okay. So my first one 
is funny a little bit because of your um, unique thing. I'm going to have a room of aquariums. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> okay. All right. You're going to have a room of aquariums. What's going to be in your aquariums? Like, like local stuff or just what? I didn't get that specific. Okay. All right. I, I don't know. It's pretty fish. Pretty fish. Okay. Very good. My uh, my next thing that I have on there is a planetarium. Ooh. Yeah, and this is going to be something that sort of uh, will like an observatory type planetarium. So at night, the ship can turn off its lights to get rid of all that light pollution, open up the ceiling, and they will do planetarium shows in the planetarium. That's cool. Right? There is actually a small cruise ship that is being built or has been built that has a planetarium, but... But not, nothing on this scale, right? This is going to be bigger. Okay. So my next thing is scuba lessons. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, all right. So that's something you're going to have to pay for. Yes. You'll have to pay for it. Um, but there's there's a pool on my ship that's deep enough that you can actually do the stuff. Okay. Because I know, you know, you have to have a certain depth of pool and whatever. Um, so you're actually going to be able to do everything for the school scuba lessons before you get to your port where you actually get your certification. There, there does exist I on know. some of the Oasis class ships. Yeah. And maybe some other well, ones Well, it's too. also on the, the reef. There you go. All right. So you can get scuba certified on the reef. Well, you don't need to get scuba certified on the iguana because it has an underwater viewing area. That's right. It's a glass bottom cruise ship. Not the whole thing. It's just got an, it's just got a, I'm trying to be a little bit realistic here. And this actually is also something that is being built on a smaller ship that I think goes to Antarctica. But um, yeah, underwater viewing. So when you pull up to Grand Turk, which isn't actually one of my ports, but if it was, or when it is, then you could see that coral reef or just anywhere where you're going, you can look at the wildlife that is below you. Okay, that one's cool. I'll yeah. give you that one. <laughs> All now, right, what's oh, your last one? That was it. That was it. I got oh. shuffleboard. I got underwater viewing. I got planetarium. Oh, got it. Okay, so my last one is I'm going to have four water slides. Oh, okay. Most ships probably have, I'd say the average is probably two. Yeah, so these water slides are going to be twisting and turning and going all through each other like crazy okay so if you're a water slide fan you may want to go on the reef you know? yeah if you want to see underwater viewing and planetarium play a little shuffleboard and you come on to the iguana next up are port stops now of course these ships can go to different ports later on down the road but um but the main sailing for these ships there's going to be four port stops on maybe like a seven night cruise so uh, my port stops, nobody will be super surprised by this, are going to be the A, B, C islands. And uh, to top it off, we're going to go to Roatan, Honduras. Okay. Where's the reef going? The reef is going to go to Cozumel, Grand Cayman, Roatan, and Bonaire. Okay. All right. Not a bad itinerary. I would take that as well. So we're both going to, uh, two of our ports overlap. Yeah. So the question is, would you rather go to Grand Cayman and Cozumel or Curacao and Aruba? That's, that's all I'm saying. Just trying to make that little sales <laughs> pitch there for the iguana. And next up, we have our bars. This is the last topic, actually, since we gave away our, our specialty thing here. Um, the last topic is bars, and we have two bars and four drinks at each bar as just a sample. Of course, they're bars, they're bartenders that can make whatever drink you want, but these are the these are the specialties, these are the highlights of the bars. Do you want to go first with one of your bars? Sure. So my first bar is called the Frozen Dream, and it's frozen drinks. So you can get a mudslide, a frozen margarita, a strawberry daiquiri, or a pina colada. Okay, the classics. Yeah. Going with the, the classic frozen drink selection. Now, I, I will actually tell you my number two bar that I have listed that, here. That was my number two bar because oh, okay. my first one was a little more creative. Okay, okay. My number two bar is called the Island Bar. It's not a very creative name, but uh, but it has drinks from various islands throughout the Caribbean. So it's got an Aruba Riba, a mudslide, 
So we, we ding there. <laughs> a Bushwhacker and a Blue Rita, which has blue curacao in it. It's kind of a margarita with um, with blue curacao. So Okay. Yeah. That's the island bar. All right. On the iguana. What's, what's your other bar? My other bar, I call it the soda bar. And this is specializing in drinks that are mixed with soda, mostly Coke, which we have Coke, not Pepsi. So we have a Kahlua and Coke. We have an Irish whiskey and Coke. And I'm talking quality Irish whiskey. We have an absinthe and Coke. That's a Matt original. So is the Kahlua and Coke. It's kind of a Matt and Kimbra thing, I think. And then a good fine Caribbean rum and Coke. These are the specialty drinks of the soda bar. Oh, that's pretty cool. So my other bar is called Seize the Day. Ooh. And it's it's themed like underwater kind of stuff. So my first drink is called the Shark Bite, which is a Blue Rita with some sort of red. I've seen this drink before. I don't know exactly how it's made, but it's like blue curacao and some stuff. And then there's like red stuff in there that looks like blood and whatever. So you're promoting bad shark behavior. Is I, that what you're telling me? I am only because the drink looks cool. <laughs> All right, go ahead. What's your next one? Um, the next one is called Turtley Tubular, hmm. and it's made with Midori Melon, so it's a green drink. I don't know what else is in it, but I needed to make it green. Okay. Um, the next one I have is called Whale of a, Whale of a Good Time. <laughs> okay. So it's made with tequila. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And then my last one is called The Deep Diver. And it is Kahlua, Sambuca, and Coke. Okay, which is what you were drinking earlier. It is, and it was delicious. <laughs> Little chocolatey, coffee, black licorice, and cola flavor. Yeah, really good. So there you have it. That is the Fantastic Reef and the Fantastic Iguana. Let us know, fantasticcruising at gmail.com, which ship would you sail on first? Because we know you want to sail on both of them. And... Make up your own ship and let us know what you would put on your ship. So what do you think, Matt? Which ship would you sail on? Well, obviously, I'm going to sail on mine. I, I mean, look, I your ship would be... A, I would not have any complaints about your ship. I would probably take that ship over any other ship that I know of. But, you know, I mean, I, I customized mine for, for Matt. So it's got a few more things that that I like. But now having heard your ship... I would maybe um, I would maybe steal some of your ideas and, and replace them. Yeah, I was gonna say if we could mix and match this a little bit, I think I think we would have like the top ship. The like there's some fantastic things, reef iguana. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like like there's some things that I couldn't really think of, so I just kind of put down the first thing that came to my head. But some of the things that you said are better than those things that I couldn't think of. So if I could put those into that place, I think we'd have like the best ship ever. Yeah, I think we could merge these two ships pretty easily. And um, and really, because we only put a limited number of things, there's a lot of stuff like the amenities that could easily go into place in both ships. Some of the entertainment would uh, would merge well together. I mean, there's room for more than what we just listed in this. So, yeah, we could we could probably do that, too. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, let's get into some listener email that we did get. This is one from, of course, Andrew, who sends us a lot of wonderful emails, and this one is no exception. He wanted to comment on a couple of the last episodes that we did, and uh, he said, let's see, from the Photog Experience episode that was last week's episode, he's never had his camera in the underwater housing fog up, but he's always feared it. Andrew, the, the reason it happens is if, and, and he says he always puts it in the air conditioning puts it together in the housing and the air conditioning. The problem is if you are doing like two dives or even two snorkels and you have to change the battery on location and that's when you get a little bit of moist air in there or something and it or a drop of water or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, if you can do it beforehand and you don't have to change the battery, that's why I want these cameras to have batteries that last long enough that I don't have to replace the battery. The memory card's good enough. I just need longer batteries. But, um, yeah, he said, uh, let's see, he also, let's see, I also like to wait until off the dive boat or beach to open it up to make sure that none of the salt spray gets in there. Yeah. And that's, I mean, with the GoPro, I guess, even if you open that camera battery, you're taking a little bit of a chance there, but, 
uh, yeah, try and be really careful with your cameras if you're around the water. Even if they're waterproof, the inside is not. And salt, salty air, salty water, that'll rust any metal components really fast. So you want to be extra careful with that. He said, if you're looking for something more powerful than a smartphone or GoPro and don't want something cumbersome to travel with, he recommends a mirrorless camera. They have the same sensors as a DSLR and are interchangeable lenses, but are much smaller. He says he can pocket his with some lenses and even when he's like in the backcountry, he'll hike with his. In addition, it's, or it's also better in low light and uh, he can swap out a telephoto lens to get good creature shots from a long range. He says it does take some technical, some practice, some technical knowledge helps uh, to get really good underwater photos. When diving during the day, he's found the shutter priority mode with a 1 by 250 shutter speed gets good sharp picks with creatures moving. So that's for photography specifically, not video, but yeah, that, that is good advice. And mirrorless cameras are something that I find intriguing. I know they are going to eventually probably replace the standard DSLR cameras. That technology is, is really getting honed in in the last few years. It's really coming of age. And, uh, but here's my question. Here's a follow-up question for you, Andrew. And, and that is, do the batteries last longer when videoing with those? Because if that if they do, then that may justify that, you know, bigger it's a little bit bigger price tag. And then the other thing I worry about with those is that because they are a little bit more expensive camera, if they get water inside that housing, you're kind of out of luck. But uh, I mean, I know you can insure your camera gear and and stuff, so maybe I shouldn't be so worried about that. With that can happen with a GoPro too, I suppose, if I'm diving. And then he said from the, the Professor Travel episode, he said, I love the analogy that cruising is like a box of chocolate. It's a great way to see a bunch of places and finding some places to go back to. One of the reasons that he loves it. Um, Mallory and him went back to Cozumel for five days for a couple of months after they cruised there. And yeah, I know Mark and Kelly of the Traveling Duo, they do the same thing. And I think that is a really valuable thing to cruising. You can check out a port find the one you like, and then you can go back and spend more time there. Kimbra, are there any ports that you visited specifically that you're like, man, I really need to go back and spend more time there? Um, I haven't been to that many ports yet, Matt. But, um, but you've been to, you've been to Cozumel, you've been to Honduras, you've been to Belize, you've been to Grand Cayman. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to go spend more time at Grand Cayman. Yeah. That, that's one of the top ones on my list. Cause there's so much diving there. And there's also the other, islands of the Cayman Islands that you could get to if you were staying there. Uh, the other one that intrigues me, I mean, all of the ports I've been to, I think I would like to stay longer at, but one that may surprise people is Nassau because I feel like there's a lot more to do on Nassau than you necessarily have time to do when you're there on a cruise stop. So uh, just as something that's a little bit maybe closer or less expensive to where I am, Nassau might be interesting. But obviously, Curacao would be the big one that I'd like to get to and spend more time at. And maybe if our cruise happens in October, I may be singing that praise of Bonaire. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I know that a lot of people who are very similar to me have really enjoyed Bonaire. And so I expect that I'm going to like that quite a bit. Says so you guys have also mentioned that cruises have to go to a foreign port, even if it's in the middle of nowhere, if departing from the U.S. And he's got an explanation for this. He said the reason for that is called the Passenger Vessel Services Act, PVSA, which specifies that ships going point-to-point -point service in the U.S. ports must uh, be built in the U.S., flagged in the U.S., and crewed by a U.S. crew. Okay, so this is this is why it doesn't work for cruise ships. This makes it significantly more expensive to operate. Fun fact, the NCL Pride of America is currently the only U.S. flagged cruise ship. Thought it was built in Germany with U.S. materials with a waiver. Oh, though it was built in Germany. Okay. You can also be fined $762 if you go between U.S. ports on a foreign flagged ship, though Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands are exempt. The Jones Act, often confused with PVSA, is similar, which made the news after Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico as it makes shipping goods more difficult, expensive there. And then he gave a link for more information. So, yeah, pretty cool. Thank you for that email. As, as always, Andrew, good information, and we really appreciate the contribution. 
Kimber and I actually got to talk face to face with Mallory and Andrew last week when we did a little Zoom meeting and uh, played a little Jeopardy, a little cruise Jeopardy. It was a lot of fun. Um, if you listened after the credits, we said last week that we were going to try and do more of those. We haven't done any yet. I know Zoom has now changed its thing where now you have to have the membership again or the pay the fee to get more than two people on there for more than 40 minutes. But I don't know. We're still looking at, at trying to do some of those. If you're interested in hanging out with us on Zoom, um, you know, just go over to the Fantastic Cruising community and look for information there. If we do it, it'll pop up over there. I know I've already had several people that have sent me emails that they're interested, and those will be the first people that I contact. And uh, one of the cool things we learned about Andrew and Mallory is is what they do, which is make custom beer tap handles. Yeah, like that's really cool. Yeah. And it's it's really, really cool. And and I thought, oh, it must be like really expensive. Only like a brewery could afford it. No, these are like really affordable and they look awesome. Like they were showing us some and uh, I mean, super cool looking. I mean, they're they're legit. They're really cool. And if you are interested in getting a tap made for your favorite beer or maybe if you're a home brewer or something like that, check out their website, which is what, Kimbra? It's designyourtap.com. Yeah. And if you want to have us read your email online, then send a online. Did I say online on the podcast? Then just send an email over to fantasticcruising at gmail.com. For this week's cruise creature, we wanted to pick something that people could possibly experience right now. And we know nobody's really cruising right now, at least at the time that we are recording and airing this podcast episode. So we decided to go with one of Kimbra's favorites, which is an animal that can be seen almost anywhere in the United States. What is it, Kimbra? It is the great blue heron. Yeah, now this is a bird that we see really commonly here in Florida, and that's because they are here year-round. And in fact, they're all throughout the United States pretty much year-round. There's a few places in the northern United States and even southern Canada where they only go for a breeding range, and then they go down to Mexico and certain parts of the Caribbean for their wintering range. But this is a, a bird that you could see almost anywhere. Every state in the United States, this bird has been to, which is more than I can say. You've never been to every state? No, not even close. No, I haven't either. <laughs> now, these birds are, are really pretty. Kimber, describe these birds for everybody. She's got a stuffed one, too. Not like a dead stuffed one, but like a, you know, like a plush one. Yeah, I got it from the Everglades. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so these birds are, are real pretty blue, um, kind of a grayish blue color with some dark blue kind of around their eyes and on their wings um, with kind of like a white around their eyes as well. Um, real bright orange beak. And their legs are, are orange. Um, yeah, they're they're very distinct. Now, the coloration is distinct because uh, they they just have a certain pattern to them with the dark blue and the, the slate gray and the and the white. But. The other thing that really stands out about this bird is it's big. It's a big bird, not the yellow one from Sesame Street, but these birds can get about four and a half feet tall. So as far as herons go, they're the biggest ones in the New World, and uh, there's only a couple species in the whole planet that I think get bigger than them. So if you see one of these, it's easy to distinguish from some of the other herons and egrets just based on its actual size. It's a, it's a very majestic looking bird. Yes, you always say that, majestic. They, they are, like they're gorgeous birds. I'm not a bird person, but no, you're the a, moment... you a human person. Okay. The moment I saw a great blue heron was the moment I fell in love with that one bird only. She said, look at that heron, it's great. And I said, and a little bit blue too. And that's how it got its name. That's the true. That's a true story. Except it's not. But uh, but but here's the thing. There is actually a white version, all white version with orange beak and legs of this bird that's only found typically in the Everglades and the Florida Keys, which is, well, really, we don't know if it's if it's a subspecies, if it's a separate species or if it's just a different color morph. But it's basically the same frame as the great blue heron, but just all white feathers really pretty as well. Although 
like a lot of albino and leucistic type things that you see, um, I prefer the original. I like the uh, I like all the different colorations, the grays and the blues and, and all that mixed together. It is it is a very majestic bird. It's not foul at all. <laughs> that was funny. Now, these birds, they like to eat and they hunt mostly fish. And I have often seen them eating fish. In fact, if you go to the Fantastic Cruising community, you can see some photographs from a few weeks ago where we actually were at a park and saw a great blue heron eating a sizable catfish that it had caught. Yeah, that was a big fish. Yeah. It's like, how is that going to fit down its throat? And it did. It oh, got, it did easily. Yeah. yeah. So the their main technique for hunting is using that orange beak as a spear, and they will just stab whatever they're going to eat, a fish, a frog, whatever it is, and then they will just move it and swallow it whole. They don't hmm. chew. You know, they don't chew their food. They're birds, so they can't do that. But uh, pretty impressive to see these things eat if you do catch one eating. And it took it a while to eat that fish, but it got it down. Eventually. I think it was playing with its food, to it be did fair. It seem that way. And it was waiting for me to stop taking pictures because it was like, as soon as you go away, I'm going to swallow this fish and you're going to miss it. And it kind of did. I got I got a little bit of it, though. It wasn't that, wasn't that swift. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, these guys are, they are fond of, of wetland environments and, and water. So you'll normally see them around fresh water, but you will see them around saltwater as well, especially if you go to some place where there's fishing, saltwater fishing, they'll be hanging out waiting to get that little bonus that a fisherman throws them. But um, they have to be a little bit careful because even though they're a big, large bird, there are still predators that will go after them, especially when they're young. They have a lot of things to worry about when they're young, like things like raccoons and, and other birds of prey will go after their fledglings. So what they'll do is they will try and nest in places that are hard to get to, for especially for mammals. And uh, th- a lot of birds, a lot of the wading birds in Florida and other places will do this. So they might go in a wetland area where there's a lot of water below. One of the things that they love to do is they like to find places where there are alligators, especially in these artificial places like uh, St. Augustine Alligator Farm and Gatorland, where there are literally breeding ponds of alligators you will find these nesting areas or rookeries for these birds. And and the reason they do that, you think, well, that's crazy. If the little bird falls out of the nest, there's a big alligators waiting down below. Yes, they that is paying their taxes. But for the most part, they're going to benefit because most of the fledglings aren't going to fall out of the nest. And it's going to prevent things that can get to them from getting to them. You know, like a raccoon is not going to go over where a hundred alligators are swimming in the water to get to a bird nest. They're going to find something else to eat. So this provides them a little bit of safety from that. So that's pretty interesting. Now, alligators have actually gotten smart to this. And so what they'll do is they will pick up sticks and they'll hold them on the top of their head, like on their, their nose, their rostrum, and they'll just sit in the water and they'll wait because sticks are at a premium because so many birds nest in these spots that uh, they're they're really competitive for finding sticks, and the birds will get a little bit a little bit less cautious than they would normally be, and they'll fly down to grab these snicks, snicks, sticks right off the snout of an alligator, and the alligator gets paid. So that's pretty interesting. That's called tool use, folks. So that's tool use in a reptile and an alligator, which is crazy. A lot of research has been done on that topic in the last five years or so, and um, they also have observed that in mugger crocodile. So pretty awesome. I know we're talking about great blue I was about to say, Matt, this is not Look, not about your favorite animals. I this know, is about but, my favorite bird. But these are related. You know, it, it, everything in nature is related. It's one big ecosystem made up of smaller ecosystems and smaller ecosystems. And, and every everything has its role to play, its piece to fill. And, uh, and these birds are predators and prey for a lot of different things. Now... Speaking of having their place to fill, being a tall bird has its advantages because the great blue heron is so much taller than the other herons and egrets in Florida and other parts of its range that it can get to deeper water to hunt its favorite food, which is normally going to be things like fish. And so it it can hunt in areas where other birds maybe can't do that and has its own little niche. So if all the other birds are fighting in the six inches of water, it can go out into the 18 inches of water and, and hunt, that sort of thing. It's pretty cool. The great blue heron. It is an awesome 
cruise creature. Look for them in a neighborhood near you. Yeah, and send us a picture if you see one. Oh, yeah. Post it on Fantastic Cruising on the Facebook community. Yeah. We would love to see that. And any other, any other creature photos that you get right now, whether it be the common squirrel or uh, or the blue jay or hummingbirds, I, I don't care what it is, anything, uh, post your animal pictures that you are finding while you are currently quarantined at your place of residence yeah. or if you get to go out to a local park or your backyard. That's a really good idea. Seeing all of the creatures will help me get through this. Yes. Give everybody a taste of nature for those that can't get out and enjoy it themselves at all or that are limited. All right. Well, we are getting near the end of the episode. But before we go, if you're out there going, you know, I just can't get enough of this Matt guy. Right, Kimbra? Everybody's thinking that, right? Is really is anybody really thinking that? No, probably not. But I think that. You think that. Well, you get probably more me now than ever since we're like stuck yeah, at home. But I really like you, so it's all right. Oh, that's very sweet. Look, I, I'm not here on Mondays, though. I'm not at our home on Mondays because I am going into work on Monday. We're working from home the rest of the time, but uh, I have to go take care of the animals on Monday. And I'm also doing something else. So if you are looking for more of Matt, for real, um, you can check out the Facebook page for the Florida Aquarium. And on Mondays at 10 a.m. Eastern, I am doing Mondays with Matt where I am drawing live on Facebook uh, and uh, drawing different animals that you might find at an aquarium and our aquarium. And they're kind of drawing tutorials. You can catch them also on the Facebook page for the Florida Aquarium. And uh, you can also catch them. Did I say the Facebook page? Yeah, you did. I meant the YouTube channel (laughs) for the Florida Aquarium. But you can also see replays of them on the Facebook page. And if you want to watch them on there, you can actually leave a comment. Comments are turned off on the YouTube channel. So I'd encourage you to go over and find them on Facebook if you want to leave a comment. Let people know if you want to see more of those. They can also be found on the Florida Aquarium's website. That's true. That's true. As well as another thing I'm doing is videos. They're drawing videos, but they're pre-recorded of Galapagos animals to go along with Dr. Ellen Prager, who wrote a uh, young adult book called Escape Galapagos. And she has been reading that live for the Florida Aquarium on the Facebook page. And uh, and I've been drawing animals to go along with that. There is one out now, which is the marine iguana. There's another one coming out this week. And I'm going to do, I think, one more after that. There's also coloring pages that you can find over on the, the um, website of the Florida Aquarium that I've done, including ones from this Galapagos thing. So if you've got the kids at home or if you just like to color, go check out the digital assets under the education tab for the Florida Aquarium. You'll find my coloring pages as well as the Galapagos stuff there. And um, yeah, so that's where you can, that's where you can find me hanging out at least on Mondays. Okay. Well, I think that's about going to do it. Kimber, are you done? I think I am done. I'm going to go visit the soda bar here at the apartment and get one of those drinks. Yeah. I'm going to refill from the soda bar here (laughs) at the apartment. Um, But anyways, I think it's time to head for the horizon and until next time, Seize the day. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Ah, well, before I go refill my chalice here, uh, let, let's see. I, I am kind of looking forward to going back and playing Endless Ocean some more. I got to admit, we just finished the South America portion. Yeah. And Did we I'm, finish it? I think so. I mean, we'll, we'll probably have to go back and befriend the uh, Amazon River dolphins. and Find a few more find, creatures. Yeah. Completionist stuff. But, um, yeah, that's mostly what we've been doing when we're not doing work stuff and, and then watching a lot of videos not on netflix though actually we're watching on hbo and um and stars stars yeah Yeah. (laughs) which what are we watching right now right now we are watching outlander outlander and game of thrones yeah yeah so um we've neither of us have ever seen outlander or read the books through their entirety but um we are now on season three I think. 
four. No, I think we're on four. Four, yeah, four. Yeah. Anyway, it's a it's if you like Scottish history and I don't know, it's it's good. It's 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 had its ups and downs for sure, but um, it's kind of getting a little interesting. I'm not sure if it's jumped the shark or not, but <laughs> uh, we're we're enjoying it. And then uh, Game of Thrones, I have seen all but the very last episode. I have not seen the last episode of Game of Thrones. And Kimbra had never seen any of it. Well, no, you had watched the first season. I saw like the first and part season the and a half, I think, yeah. So we are now on season, I think, I think four, five. five. Are we on five of that already? I think we're on five. Joffrey just, well, no spoilers, but it was his, it was the wedding. <laughs> Uh, two weddings recently occurred on yeah. that show. Two lots really of good episodes. Lots of exciting things. Yes. Oh, I don't know if they're exciting, but yeah. And uh, I know there's some other stuff I'm looking forward to, yeah. to watching. So anyway, um, stay healthy, everybody. Stay inside. Keep social distancing and be careful. Be careful for yourself and uh, be careful for other people. Yeah, for sure. Make a mask. We did that too. Yes, we did. Out of your LuLuRoe, what is it called? Yeah, out of uh, LuLuRoe leggings. So when LuLuRoe yeah. was like a thing, I went a little crazy. So I had plenty to spare. So I caught up, cut up some legs. and um, LuLuRoe leggings legs, not actual legs. Yeah, and made us some masks. Which worked better than the fold the part of a t-shirt or bandana thing. It's, it's, yeah. it's less bulky, but still has the, the it's got double layered fabric. Yeah, so. which I mean, the main thing is you don't want to breathe out all your stuff. So it's more than nothing, and it's it's more comfortable and looks less silly, I think. And it's got I think it's got a tighter fit. Yeah, it's than, a little stretchier. Tried, yeah, we tried the other method; it didn't work that well. Yeah. So if you want to know how to do it, let me know, and I will absolutely show you. All right. <laughs>